supernatural increase. And so let's go over some of the things that I have down here that we haven't, um, we, we've covered a little bit. We started to talk about qualifying for supernatural. Anybody remember that? We started talking about qualifying for supernatural increase. Uh, are there, has anyone had any questions regarding this? Um, I know that last week we, uh, we had some dinner together and um, we talked casually about it. And I think a lot of questions were answered. So I don't anticipate us having a whole heck of a lot of questions here uh, to start out today. Is there, is there anyone missed out on asking a question concerning that? Or if there's anything else that maybe you want to, uh, bring up this would be a good time to do it. I know some of you want to catch me during the week. The weeks to come are going to be extremely busy, so you may not be able to catch me uh, during the week. So you may want to take advantage of uh, any time that you get right now. But all right, so qualifying. Um, now we we talked about qualifying for supernatural increase, and one of the uh, one of the qualifications, and the first one that I dealt with was this. Uh, number one, you got to become fully persuaded. It's God's plan for you to prosper. You've got to become fully persuaded that it's God. In other words, you can't let anything get you off of the idea that it's, God's, that it's God's plan and that it's God's purpose for you to increase. Now, the measure, the measure to which he brings increase to your life isn't really, you know, um, I know that some of us say, well, how much does he want me to prosper? Well, way more than you ever, way more. God wants to bless you with way more than you could earn. That's, that's what you need to know, is that God wants to bless you with way more than you can earn. Now, the, the, the Bible gives us clues as to the measure in which God wants to prosper us. The Bible says a good man leaves an inheritance uh, for his children's children. So a good man leaves an inheritance not only to his children, but his grandchildren. Now, if you're broke, you don't leave nothing but bills and debt. But... If God prospers you, then you're a blessing not only to your children, but to your grandchildren. Amen. And the, the, the verse right after that says this, and the wealth of the wicked is laid up for the righteous. Amen. Thank God. Hallelujah. So um, God wants to bless us with, you say, with the wealth of the wicked. Now, see, some will try to, some will feel like that that's not spiritual. I've had people do this to me. They say, well, I'd rather have the wicked than their money. Well, why not both? In fact, if the wicked really get born again and give their hearts to Jesus, then they're bringing their wealth with them. Amen. And, and they're going to give it to the Lord. Praise God. Unless they're like that rich young ruler. <laughs> but anyway, we'll talk about him later. Um, so, uh, you know, the Bible, the Bible tells us that God is a, a good measure, pressed down, shaken together, running over, blessing kind of God. He's a God that does exceeding abundantly above all that we could ask or even think. He's a running over God. He's a uh, open up the windows of heaven, pour you out a blessing. There's not room enough to receive God. He's a head and not the tail God. He's above and not beneath God. He's a blessed coming in and blessed going out God. He's blessed in the city a blessed in the field God. Amen. Uh, every, he, you're, the fruit of your basket and everything that you touched is blessed kind of God. That wherever you put your feet, it belongs to you kind of God. Amen. Hallelujah. He's the kind of God that says that you'll, that you'll uh, reap a harvest out of fields that you didn't plant and that you'll live in houses that you didn't build and you'll occupy cities that you didn't erect. Amen. Amen. 
Thank God. So we, we hear that all throughout Scripture, that that's the kind of God we serve. So here's what I want to encourage you to do. Instead of trying to figure out what the limits are, just take off the limits. Just take off the limits. When you take off the limits, you know, you've, you've, you'll learn that in whatever measure God blesses you, you'll give him thanks. One time we were, and of course, Lewis will, uh, he knows this a testimony. He and um, his, uh, his uh, brother, brother-in-law acted this out uh, in a trip. He was, uh, he was the, I think Lewis was the black Ziggy and, uh, and I, <laughs> And Denny was the black Ted. And so they, they, they we, <laughs> but, uh, so you, you gotta, you gotta think along the, and this is the reason why I tell this testimony you gotta think along these lines is that anything that you didn't have that God gives you that you didn't deserve that, listen, you say, well, it, it could have been coincidence. Yeah, but it could be supernatural increase. And so, you know, what? anything I haven't earned or anything that I get and the circumstances are um, not uh, you, uh, it's not really something that you can figure out in your head. It didn't happen to anybody else but me. For, for example, we we're sitting in a pizza place with a pastor. We had us some pizza and pizza was fine. It was good. We did. I don't think we needed dessert. Lord knew we didn't need to, we didn't need the dessert. God knew we didn't need it. Uh, none of us needed it. Maybe the pastor, he was a little thin, but Ted and I, we certainly didn't need it. But the waitress comes over. She's got this big old dessert pizza and she sits it down on the table. When she sits it down on the table, she said, uh, the pastor says, oh, we didn't order that. That's not ours. She goes, oh, I know you didn't order it. He goes, uh, where'd it come from? She said, well, the guy back there, he made it and, um, uh, he, he, did, he didn't make it on purpose. He just made it thinking that it had been ordered. And uh, so I just brought it over to y'all. Now, you know what most of us would do is, well, that, that's so nice of you. Thank you, you know, and we think of it as coincidence. But, but, when, you, but when, when you're fully persuaded that it's God's plan for you to prosper, then you know what you do? You automatically assume the Lord was behind it. And so you know what came out of my mouth that moment that, that, moment that she said? That, that pastor is like, well, you know, uh, that, well, I appreciate that. I was like, praise God. I said, I know why you brought this over here. Because I'm a tither and an offering giver. Glory to God. Supernaturally increase. Amen. You know what now? Was, what, did, did that pizza uh, pay my bills? No. Did that pizza put gas in my car? No. Was that pizza everything I was praying for and everything I needed uh, to be supplied? No, no. In fact, that pizza didn't do nothing except for, you know, add another maybe half a pound or something on old frame. I, it, it, it helped to build the south end of the temple. <laughs> but you know what? When you're grateful for everything that God, are y'all hearing this? When you're grateful for everything, when you begin to give God thanks and you're grateful for the things that you didn't have, it doesn't matter whether it met every one of your needs. It was something that you didn't have before. And when you didn't have it before and you didn't earn it and you didn't pay for it, amen. You, 
you've got to open up your mouth and give thanks unto God. Now, what, what, happen, now, what happens is, is that the Lord will begin to open up doors for you. I, I tell this, I went to the uh, department store. Annie wanted a coach purse. Uh, she, she said a coach bag. I didn't know what a coach bag. I thought a coach bag was one of them bags that a, a coaches of uh, a baseball, one of them big old green things. Uh, put the baseball bats and everything. That's what I thought she wanted. I was like, girl, why you want a big old bag like that? I was like, what are you, what are you trying to carry? A, bo a dead body or something? You know, am I safe? Am I safe? You know, <laughs> he'd be trying to hide me in a coach's bag or something. But anyway, I'm like, uh, Co coach's bag, coach's bag. She's like, yeah, I want a coach bag. I I've always wanted one of them coach bags. I'm like, well, I don't know what you're talking about, but I'll, I'll, see, what I, I'll see what I can find. So, uh, you know, Debbie schooled me a little bit. Different ones that I knew that were women that took me to school. They're like, you're an idiot. It's not a coach's bag. It's a coach bag. You know, <laughs> I was like, well, I didn't know, you know. So they sent me where they sell them, which was at the mall there in Columbus. I went to the mall and I, I said, uh, hey, let me look at this bag here. She had, she had kind of given me an idea of what she wanted. Anyway, they pulled the bag out. I looked at the price on that thing. I'm like, does it come with a coach? I mean, at that time, yeah, at that time, it was rather expensive, of course. You know, I've seen bags and purchased ones uh, much uh, more expensive than that since then. Amen. Uh, she'd hold it up for you to see if you want to. But anyway, uh, <laughs> but at the time, that was a rather expensive bag. And I was like, what does it do? <laughs> I mean, I was, I was serious. I'm like, what, what are the special features, you know? I mean, what does this thing do? Because, I mean, for this price, surely it does. That. And that lady's looking at me like, sir, it's a purse. I was like, well, Jiminy Christmas. I said, well, that's what she wants. I, you know, I didn't have a problem paying for it. I just wanted to know, you know, what the, you know. <laughs> I wanted to, I, does it come with a key fob or, you know, you, beep, chip, you know. I just wanted to make sure I knew what, what all came with it. And so uh, she rang it up. Now, I, found, I, found, I might be mistaken, but I don't remember. What, what did that bag cost? Uh, do y'all remember? I think it was a couple hundred. Uh, no, it was more than a couple hundred. It was, yeah, it's like four or $500, 600 uh, Ted, don't steal my thunder. <sighs> Anyhow. You know, maybe four or five, $500, maybe a $500 bag. And uh, when they rang it up, it rang up for like 130 bucks. Oh, yeah. That lady cleared it out. She rang it up again. She cleared it out. She rang it up again. Uh, yeah, bleep. <laughs> and uh, I said, what's going on? She said, well, this purse is, let's just say 500 This purse is $500, but it's only ringing up for 130 I said, is it on sale? She started laughing at me because it was because it was the holidays. She's like, <laughs> you nuts. This is the best time of the year to sell these. Things. They're not on sale. I said, well, I said, well, what happens? What, what happens uh, if, um, you know, if it don't ring up different? She said, well, if it don't ring up different, you get it for whatever it rings up for. I was like, try one more time and that's it. Don't do it no more. So she 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 hit it like 130 bucks, and I'm, I don't remember the exact numbers, but it's about the, you know, 130 bucks. She's like, well, it's $130. I was like, praise God, glory to God. I began to shout. I was like, thank you, Lord, for supernatural increase. 
Thank you, Lord. I'm a tither and an offering giver. I, I shouted so loud in that department store in the, during the holiday that Ted heard me from across the store, came looking for me. He's like, what's going on? I was like, Ted, I bought this purse, and the Lord, and, and, and he started shouting, glory. We're there. We're, we're like, hallelujah. I said, well, you know, since I, since I, since I got it for, you know, money off, I said, how about that, uh, how about that little, uh, oh, what do you call them, a wallet? Yeah. I figured, you know, that couldn't be any more than 130. That thing costs the same as that purse for that little wallet. She says, well, this one's 480. I'm like, what does it do? You know, again, she like, I said, nah, it's all right. I'll, I'll, you know what? Ring it up. I'll take it. She, guess what? She hit it and it didn't come up for, for 400 and something dollars. It come up like a hundred bucks. She's like, sir, I can't believe this. I said, glory to God. How, when I start saying glory to God, she's, she's looking at me like something's happening. She hit it three or four times. Needless to say, I got it for the lower price. There was some stuffy old woman standing next to me that you, she walked in and she had, she had her uh, an even more expensive bag. I think she's, she's carrying Louis Vuitton. But boy, she squeaked when she walked. You understand? This woman, she had, she'd already been looking down her nose at me because I was shouting. But after that second purse rung up for cheap, she's like, pick me one out. <laughs> Pick me one. Honestly, she really did, didn't she, Ted? She said, you need to pick me one out. I said, no, no, we're keeping this in the family. Glory to God. We're keeping this in the family. Amen. <laughs> Anyhow, Eddie got blessed and I got blessed. But we, 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 uh, we, we, we racked those things up too. God's bl the, the blessing of the Lord, it maketh rich. And he adds no sorrow. I'm going to tell you something. That has happened to me over and over and over and over and over and over and over again. Oh, yeah. Where God has supplied supernaturally in ways that you couldn't. That's, that's why we take off the limits. Because some, some of us, our limit with God is you got to pay off everything. You know what? Getting any of that purse didn't pay nothing off. But it kept money in my bank account that would have gone somewhere else. Amen. And so I took that money and do, could do something else with it. Thank God. But see, some of us get in our minds. Carolyn had a testimony where, you know, she had been, she was believing God for supernatural increase. And someone gave her a purse. She's like, it's not what I want. It's not, that, that doesn't put gas in my car. But she said, is that supernatural increase? I said, did you have it before? She's like, no. I said, well, there you go. Amen. Thank God. You know, uh, we sometimes we we're not we're not we, we don't receive. Can I tell you another story? Oh yeah. I go. I've been out fishing and I needed a pair of shoes. I like shoes. I'm a shoe person. I have a shoe problem. <laughs> and you know, Annie has way less shoes than I have. But I the thing with me with shoes is I like nice shoes. You know, I like a lot of nice stuff. I just ordered a pair of jeans from Japan. I mean, the other day. They came yesterday. You know, I mean, I, I, I like things that are, you know, I, I found that things that are nice last longer. So I, I've paid, I, I got to where I'd pay a lot of money for shoes. I'd only pay, you know, about eight or $900 for a suit. And that suit might last me for, you know, two seasons, and then I'd wear it plum out. But a pair of shoes, man, I'd buy a pair of shoes 
for almost as much as I buy a suit for and those things. Man, I've, I think I've got shoes in my closet still yet that I bought years ago. I would never wear them now. I'm mean, crazy. But anyway, uh, they just lasted me forever. Now, I know this might get some of you to choking because I'm about to tell off on myself here. But uh, don't choke on this. Don't choke on this. Turn to someone. Tell them, don't choke on this. All right. Amen. So I... Uh, so I, uh, someone had told me, hey, there's a store at Penn Square called Mr. Uli's. You should go in there and look at their shoes. They've got really nice shoes. And so one day after we went fishing, Ted and I went to Mr. Uli's in our fishing clothes. Now, Mr. Uli's is a very high-end men's uh, clothing store. They sell, uh, uh, well, they sell very expensive clothing and uh, handmade clothing. Uh, clothing that you can't really get a whole lot of places. And so Ted and I went in there, or they did at that time. Now you, they're kind of, they, they changed ownership. But anyway, uh, Ted and I went in there, and I went in there purposefully in my fishing clothes because I don't like for people to assume anything about me. Uh, I've, I've had to put up with that most of my life, and it sucks. So I figure if they're not going to treat me nice, However I look, then I don't really want to give people my business anyhow. So I went in there in my fishing clothes, and I was met by uh, a man, and he began to uh, uh, take me over and show me the shoes. And as he's showing me the shoes, this little girl, I mean, she's probably about this tall, uh, walks up to me, and she, you know, she hit me right about here. She looks up at me, and she says, she says, um, do, she says, you wear, you wear suits, don't you? I said, yes, ma'am. I'm in my fishing clothes. Now, listen, my fishing clothes are nasty. But she, she and we, I know we smelled like fish because we caught some that day. Oh, yeah. She said, she said, you, she says, you're in about a 52, uh, 52 long. Is that, is that about, is that your size? I was like, man, you're good. <clears throat> At that time, I was wearing a 52 long. I don't wear a 52 long anymore. But um, 52 long. Now, you know, I would have to go to the big and tall shop to get my suits back in the day. And I would order uh, what they call made to measure from Hart Shafter and Marks. Anyway, so um, it wasn't easy for me to find clothing off the rack. So she looked at me. She said, come and see me before you go. She said, I think I have something in the back that might fit you. I was like, Okay. <laughs> So I dealt with the guy on my shoes, and I wasn't going to go and find this girl and talk to her or nothing. I was just going to leave the store. And uh, so, <clears throat> listen, you got to get beyond your choking point. You know what? I didn't feel comfortable at Mr. Uli's. I didn't feel like I belonged there. I didn't feel like that I should be in there even buying shoes. And maybe that was, maybe that's a part of even why I wore my fishing clothes and why I feel the way that I do. That's the way I defend myself uh, from uh, my insecurities. That's the way I defend my insecurities. Right? I mean, let's just say how, because we all have these things that we're wrestling with. But you know what? How you going to, how you going to get what, how you going to get what God has for you if you won't go where it's at? How you going to get apples if you won't go to an orchard? How you going to get grapes if you don't go to the vineyard? Are y'all hearing me today? 
And you know what? The devil has bullied us away from places and told us we don't fit in these places. When in reality, God says, there's no place that's off limits for you. Glory to God. And so just overcoming that to go into that place. So I went in there and I was about to leave. My insecurities were going to get me down and I was going to leave. And so uh, I had the shoes and, uh, and uh, I was going to go to pay for them. And the guy said, hey, don't forget. She wants you to see her. Sarah wants you to see her before you go. I said, that's her name, Sarah? He said, yeah, Sarah, don't, don't leave. And so I, I put the shoes up there, and I'm like, oh, I'm about to leave. I'm about to get up out of here, you know. And so I, I lay up there, and uh, here she comes. So she walks up to me. She said, follow me over here. I was like, oh, man, I follow her. So I follow her over to this place, and she has a suit hanging up on it. You, you don't go in that place and look around. You, they, they don't have sizes, you know. They don't have those little round things that have sizes of you. They, if you go in there, they're going to help you find your size. Uh, nothing is marked, you know. And the prices are hidden very well. <laughs> they're very discreet about how much. If you really want to know how much a suit costs at Mr. Uli's, it, it's, it resides in the right-hand cuff of the coat and it's way deep in there where you have to roll it back to see because they don't want you to get sticker shock <laughs> so she said here it is it would listen this suit was a beautiful navy blue suit with multicolored pinstriping and it was a beautiful suit she said i have this suit in the back 52 long she said, feel of, the, feel of the cloth. She said, it's, it's so buttery. It's so delicious. <laughs> you know, I was, I was on there. My fingers were all rough from, from catching fish, you know. And, and, but I, I was rubbing. I was, and you know what? It was buttery. I was like, you know, that is buttery. I said, that's nice. She said, why don't you try it on? I said, oh, no. She said, she's, pull, she's pulling the jacket off of the hanger. Try it on. Man, I, I let her put that coat on me. Listen, that coat fell on me. It was, listen, I'd never, I'd never had anything on my body that felt that. I was like, wow. Now, it, it fooled me because the coat was quarter lined. In other words, the lining in the coat only went to the center of the of the jacket across the center of the jacket usually quarter line coats are made they're cheap clothes made that way because a full lining would cost you extra money and the manufacturer to save costs will only line the coat halfway they call it quarter line and but this this coat was quarter line and i thought oh it's a cheap suit that's what i thought it's a cheap suits quarter line she starts explaining to me these are water buffalo horn uh buttons all of these buttonholes were hand sewn and you could tell because they were you know they they didn't look perfect your the lapel was hand stitched she went through all these things and she buttoned it and then four four or five other people came out of the back and they were telling me how good i was like a pretty woman you look fabulous. You look so good. <laughs> and I, I got uncomfortable. I was like, listen, y'all need to go away. <laughs> and she did, she said them all. But anyway, she's like, um, she's like, you ought to, you ought to try on the, the pants. I was like, no, I'm looking everywhere that I can look to find a price tag. 
I could not find a price tag on that thing. Well, finally, I felt something scraping up against my wrist, so I rolled it back. That suit was $2,800. Oh, yeah. $2,800. I was like, <clears throat> yeah, it's nice. I said, you know, but this kind of looked like an old man suit, you know. All of a sudden, it didn't look as nice. It didn't feel as buttery, you know. I, I took it off and let my flesh, you know, get in. And I was like, thank you. I said, I really got to go. She's like, okay, you know, and I was coming back to get the shoes. I don't remember why. It wasn't that I couldn't pay for it. I was just going to come back for it. Maybe, I don't, I don't remember how that all went down. But anyway, I left, and I was supposed to come back and grab those shoes. And she's like, well, yeah, thank you for coming. Uh, thank you for coming in. I was like, well, thank you, thank you for investing your time, even though I just came from fishing. So I, I had to go back a couple weeks later to pick up those shoes. So I went back a couple weeks later to pick up the shoes. I walked in, and when I walked in, who walks out but Sarah? She's like, hey, before you, you know, before you, you know, do that, come back here with me for a second. I walked back to where she wanted me to walk, and there was that suit hanging on that hook. She's like, that suit fits you perfect. You should try on the pants. Right where she left off. I was like, uh, Sarah, I don't, I'm not, I... That, that is that too, look too much like an older man's suit. She goes, well, my name, she said, you know my name is Sarah, but my last name is Uli. That's right. My father owns this store. That's right. Me and my brother, my father, we, we work this store. And we ordered that for another customer, and he didn't realize that he already had one in the exact same color. How do you do that? <laughs> Somebody had one. You know who it was? It was the guy that brought the thunder here. What was his name? Um, the guy that brought the thunder from the other guy. Oh, I can't, I can't remember his name. Anyway, he's passed away. Um, but yeah, guys about my size, they had ordered it for him. They said he, uh, it was an Oxford suit. He, he, uh, he already had it. So he didn't, it's been sitting here. It's, it's last season. So I talked to my dad and he said that I could sell it to you at cost. I thought $2,800. What's the cost on this thing? You know? I said, really? I said, so what's cost on it? You know, God knew, God knew where my choking point was. Oh, yeah. She goes, $900. I said, get them bridges off that hanger and let's try them on. Man, I tried them bridges on. I put that coat on. Now, I'm telling you this story for you. I got it. Boy, they, they got me fixed up. They, they marked it. And then I, seven people was there. You look fabulous. Boy, you look, you look great. And I'm like, go away. Make them go away. And uh, she, uh, yeah, they did. They got the shoes. I put the shoes on. <laughs> I mean, the whole deal. And uh, got it all done. And I was like, come on, Jesus. You know, he, he put me in that place where I was comfortable, you know. He was trying to stretch me out. Go ahead, man. And so Sarah, she's like, we're going to have your suit done, you know, on such and such. It is a week from then. Yeah. Just come pick it up. And um, she's walking me to the door. And I'm thinking, they haven't even got my I've got them so shook up. <laughs> they didn't take my money. So I got a box of shoes, you know, and a bag and, and a, 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 a claim check for a suit and whatnot. And she, I'm walking out the door, and I thought I'd just get to the door and then say, you forgot to charge me. And I said, I, I told her, I said, hey, I said, have you forgotten something? She goes, did you need a tie? 
I was like, no, you didn't take my money. Oh, she says, oh, no, no. She said, oh, we put it on your account. I said, what account? She said, well, I took the liberty of opening up uh, you a 90-day same-as-cash account. I said, but you know, you know what poverty mentality says? You got to apply. You got to qualify. They got to run your credit. They got... <clears throat> I said, I didn't fill nothing out for no account. She says, oh, no, that's okay. She said, she said, um, she says, I got a feeling that you'll pay it. She said, I, I know, I, she said, I'm a pretty good judge of character. And she says, I'm pretty sure I can trust you. She said, besides that, you know, you, you put down your phone number. I know how to get a hold of you. Next time you come, you can leave us your address. And if I need to, I'll come repossess it. <laughs> and that's what she did. She started laughing. I started laughing with her. She says, no, you're, I know you're good for it. I know you're good for it. Oh, yeah. I walked out of there and I thought, my God. You know what that supernatural are y'all hearing me? Supernatural increase. Oh yeah. Gil, I went back and I got that suit. Do you know I've 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 never bought another suit anyplace else but there since then? That was in 1999. Oh yeah. And I have never gone anywhere to purchase a suit ever again in my house. Now, did I pay nine hundred dollars for all of them? No. <laughs> but you know what? The Lord increased my faith and he increased the measure of the blessing on my life where I, amen. Thank God. Man, I just went in there and bought some shoes the other day. Amen. And brown, new brown boots I was wearing. Well, in fact, those, all the boots I'm wearing right now, <laughs> supernaturally increase will take you places where you can't take yourself. But you got to be fully persuaded. You know what happens if you're not fully persuaded? The devil will bully you out of your blessing. Are y'all hearing me today? Yeah. Now, you, some of you say this. You say, well, I don't need all that. God knows we don't need it. But some, you, know what we, you know what some of us do need? Some of us need to be put in, a, in, a, uh, in circumstances and in a position where our poverty mentality is challenged. Where mindsets and ideas. You know, uh, I heard Jesse Duplantis say this. He said that um, last time he bought a jet, and of course, some people have a problem with that, but the last time he bought a jet, he said he bought that jet brand new. That jet was like, uh, I think it's 38 million, 42 million. It was, it was millions of dollars. He said he bought that jet. And when he got that jet, the first ride he took in that jet, he said he sat in the back of that jet, and he was like, well, praise God. Lord, I thank you. Woo! You did it, Jesus. Amen. You know the Holy Spirit spoke to him? The, the Holy Spirit spoke to him and said this. Uh, so, you're, you, so now you're satisfied. You're okay with this. This is as far as you're going you're to let your faith grow. And he was like, well, no, Lord, I'm grateful. I'm just grateful. I'm grateful. He said, yeah, but this is it. This is all. You're, this is your plateau. You know, that's, that's, the, that's sometimes what the Holy Spirit is trying to do in us. Is, it's not so much that God wants us to be living high on the hog, although I don't think he minds that. It's more that he wants us to develop our faith to a place where there are no limits. Where we don't settle for anything but that we believe and we trust God. We believe extra. We believe above. We believe beyond. 
Amen. Thank God. Thank, well, you know what? That can look bad. Because now you just bought a jet, and then you're already saying, hey, get your faith out there with me for another jet. And that's how the world sees it. It's a bunch of greedy preachers. Come on, some of y'all, that's what you're wrestling with with that testimony right now. Bunch of greedy preachers who just keep, keep they got to have something better. They can't just, why can't you just fly commercial? Why can't you just do this? Why, well, nobody said we couldn't do that. Right. We could do that. But are we going to put limits on what we are capable of doing in ministry based on the ideas and the thoughts of carnal-minded people or, or, uh, or what the devil has to say about it? I mean, if Melody wants to drive around in a 1962, you know, uh, Ford pickup truck, she can do that if she wants to. But she ought to be able to do that because she wants to, not because she has to. Not because she feels too guilty to get something else. She ought to be able to drive whatever she wants to drive for however long she wants to drive it. You know, some of us look at people and say that you only had that for three months. Yeah, but what if you don't want it no more? And you got plenty of money to trade it and get rid of it and get something else. Well, you're losing money. Am I really? Well, praise the Lord. Hallelujah. See, now I'm challenging you. Don't we have to be good stewards? Well, you know, what, is that, what does that look like? Dep you know, that being a good steward with what God gives you, doesn't, it's not the same for you as it is for me. You wouldn't talk about Bill Gates or someone of that nature, Elon Musk. Well, last time I saw Elon, he was in a different car. Well, look at him waste that money. No, we look at Elon and we go, man, must be, ooh, wouldn't it be nice? To, you know, we, we look at the bank, we look at bankers. We see a banker rolling around in a different car all the time and we're like, that's where it's at. Honey, you, you, we tell our kids, you need to go to school so you can do that. But then when it comes to you and God blessing you that way, all of a sudden, you're not allowed? Oh, I'm preaching. That's a, that's a poverty mindset. That is a poverty mindset. Say this with me. Say, be fully persuaded. It's God's plan for you to prosper. Amen. Amen. Now, whatever that looks like, you got you to walk that out. You got to walk that out. Some of you are going to have to go places you're uncomfortable going to. You're going to have to put yourself in situations that normally you wouldn't put yourself in. You're going to have to start battling that battleground in your mind and in your flesh that wants to keep you. Because whatever... <laughs> How do I say it? Mm -hmm. Oh, I used to, I used to have a good way of saying this, but anything, anything that you, um, anything that you resist, you can't receive. If, if you're resistant against wealth and wealthy people, Wealthy things, prosperous things, 
if it, if it raises something in you where you, because we, you know, we build defense mechanisms to help us deal with feeling like we, <laughs> when I was a kid and they gave us free lunch, I thought people that paid for their lunch were idiots. I'd go to, listen, I told, I think I told y'all this a couple weeks ago. I'd roll into school and I'd go to lunch and I'd be like, I have arrived. Where's my free lunch? You know, all you jokers got to pay for your lunch. I get mine for free. I didn't realize I was the joker that we were getting free lunch because we were broke. <laughs> I got to work the cafeteria. I didn't realize I worked the cafeteria because I got free lunch and was broke. And that's how they, you know, it's like. <laughs> but man, I'd get my apron on. Boy, I look good in that apron too. <laughs> Walk out there and all the kids envy me because I got to scrape the plates and play with all the gunky Nasty food that was all mixed together. I squeeze chocolate milk up in there. When you're a kid, you know, and you get to mix up food with milk, every boy, you feel you feeling you feeling good. And whoa, I was in there stirring it up. And them kids look at me like, wow, I wish I could do that. Had no idea. We had no idea. Had no idea. But once you learn it, once you learn how broke you are and how poor you are. Man, I remember, I don't know this, I'm going way back, but these waffle stomper boots, uh, uh, hiking boots used to be a trend. Uh, people were wearing these brown suede hiker boots with red laces. Some of y'all that are, yeah, <laughs> some of y'all remember that trend. Man, I wanted a pair of those so bad. I wanted a pair of those so bad. All the, all the cool kids had them. All them kids that lived on the other side of the track. I remember I asked my mama, I said, I, uh, what, what do you want for your birthday? I want a pair of them boots. My mom went straight to Bargain City <laughs> and got me a pair of those boots that were all pressed out of the same piece of plastic. Someone had put some glue on there. And you know that stuff people are putting on their head now for hair? You know, fake hair. They put it on there. They just put some of that on there. Those were the ugliest things you ever saw in your life. Those other ones had a brand name on them. This one had like a French flag. You know they were, you know they were janky, Carolyn. And my mom, my mom gave those. She said, I, she said, happy birthday. I opened those things up and I just started to cry. Because I knew I was going to have to wear them now that she bought them. I was going, I said, mama, these aren't the ones. She's like, are you, are you saying that it's not good? I'm like, mama, I'm not saying anything. I'm just saying these ain't the one. Boy, the back of her hand came up. I was like, I'm, I'm, thank you, mama. I tried, to, I tried to get out of the house the next morning with my old tennis shoes on. And she was there. She's like, hey, you wanted those boots. You're going to wear those boots. I had to wear them boots the first day of school. Oh, my gosh. Oh, my gosh. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Anybody else know what I'm talking about? Did any of y'all go through any of that? Listen, I know some of y'all grew up with a silver spoon in your mouth, but we didn't. 
Nobody did? Some of y'all did? Anybody? Some people do. You know, I know a lady. There was one lady. She, she, told, she, she told me, she said, uh, and she's, uh, she's in her, I think she's in her mid-60s. I don't know. I don't know how old Jan is. I'm afraid to, you know, even guess. But anyhow, um, certainly don't want to offend Jan. But Jan uh, Martin, wonderful woman of God, been a blessing to me in my, my ministry. Uh, she's been wealthy all of her life. I was talking about supernatural debt cancellation, and I was talking about debt, and I was like, how many of y'all know what I'm talking about? Everybody was lifting their hands. You know, after that service, Jan came to me, and she said, brother, she said, I'm not trying to be proud of nothing. She said, but you know what? I don't know what it's like to be in debt. I've never borrowed money, not in my whole life. If I want a car, I go buy it. If I want a house, I buy it. If I see a piece of property I want to acquire, I buy it. She said, I just move money around and, and move it into this and move it into that. She said, I have never had. She said, thank God my dad took care of my family and he taught us how to work hard. And she had a, she had a piece of property um, that she had been contemplating selling. And, uh, you know, they only wanted to give her a couple million dollars for it in the beginning. <laughs> only a couple million. But she held on, and the market started to rise, and she ended up, I think, selling it for $8 million. You know, she's like, I don't know what I'm going to do with myself. I said, Jane, you're going to retire. You're going to go to Florida with your dog. She's got this little Andy. Boy, that dog hates everybody <laughs> until he gets to know him. <laughs> But Jan, listen, Jan, live the blessed life. Doesn't even know nothing about debt. Oh, wouldn't that be nice? Your children never knew nothing about debt. That if they wanted something, they, they just wrote a check or took it out to the ATM or put it on their credit card like old Mark Cuban did to buy a, what was it he bought? A, 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 I don't know. He spent the, he was the one that has the largest uh, uh, internet. I think he bought a basketball team with a credit card. <laughs> <laughs> that he paid off the next month. Okay, so let me give you some scriptures. Third John. I know some of you have been waiting for those. Third John. <laughs> so we got to become fully persuaded that it's his plan. Verse, uh, third John, verse two. Beloved, I wish above all things that thou mayest prosper and be in health, even as thy soul prospers. Beloved, I wish above all things that you prosper and be in health, even as your soul prospers. So it's God's plan for you to prosper. It's his desire for you to prosper. Amen. Of course, we've gone over other scriptures um, over the last several weeks uh, concerning uh, prosperity. And so you can... Uh, you can draw from those as well. Any questions regarding some of the things I just said? Anything that you guys feel like you would need some clarification? Yes, Gil. And Ayla's coming with the, with the microphone. Boy, I worked up a sweat for real. Glory to God. Is this stirring in anybody's spirit like it's stirring in mine? It's, look, before you ask, it's important that you, you, that you capture, because that's the anointing. You know, when the Bible says, and I, I quoted this scripture in, in Romans earlier tonight, that God's spirit bears witness with our spirit that we're the children of God. 
When God, when God is speaking to us and he's saying something to us, when his word is being spoken, the spirit of God will bear witness with our spirit that what is being spoken is for us. Now, your mind might start trying to get in the way during that process, but in your spirit, something's popping. And that's why it's important that you capture these things by the Spirit, that you respond in obedience to the Holy Spirit, however it is that you need to respond in order to say amen to this. Because sometimes amen out of your mouth is good enough. But you know what? Sometimes, like one time I was, uh, um, I was preaching on, on some of this, and one of my friends jumped up in the, Mennonite, in the Mennonite church where they don't do this. He jumped up and he started shouting, I got it, I got it, I got it, I got it. I... And man, all the Mennonites were looking at him like he was, you know, a hamburger short of a Happy Meal. And uh, so when he started shouting, I was like, so you got it? He said, yeah, I got it. Well, so he didn't feel by himself. I went over there and started shouting with him. I was like, glory to God, he's got it. He's got it. And we're jumping around. Finally, the guy next to him, uh, another guy, Mennonite guy. Well, he's the pastor's, the, the pastor of that Mennonite church's son-in-law. Throws his Bible in the air and says, I got it too. I got it too. And pretty soon people started shouting, they got it. Do you know that immediately the Spirit of God began to move for those people because of their obedience to respond to what the Spirit was doing? So it's not just the word, it's the Spirit. It's the anointing. Glory to God. Glory to God. Glory to God. You know what I just realized? Did y'all know my, no, y'all notice my voice ain't as weak as it used to be here over the last, I just noticed it just right now. Glory to God. Glory to God. Come on, somebody. See, God's word works. Amen. 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 You know what your flesh will tell you? Your flesh will tell you, oh, it's going to take a long time. Well, you know what? I don't care how long it takes. Amen. Amen. All right, Gil. <laughs> God is good. Amen. Uh, I'm struggling right now. I feel like I'm going to throw up. All right. <laughs> um, I was going to do this after church, and my own privacy, but the Lord has been really, and I know it's God because I am about to throw up. <laughs> Do you need a bag? <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. Um, but I was praying this whole time and listening to what you got to say, and I'm like, Lord, I, I want to qualify, and he's like, I'm going to show you how to qualify, and, uh, and he's like, I need you to give something to Pastor Ziggy, and I'm like, Pastor Ziggy has everything, Lord. What else do you want me to give him? What would you like me to give him, Lord? So, um, and it's something very, and the only reason why I'm saying this, because. God's bringing you a bucket just in case you need it. <laughs> Thank you, Don. <laughs> Don's like, I'm just reason... making my job easier. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yes, yes. The only reason why I'm sharing this is because somebody needs, somebody in, the, in here right now needs to see, hear, and whatever the Lord wants to do with this for you. I don't know who it is. He didn't say who, but he said, I need you to do that now. I don't want you to do it later. And I contemplated. I was like, Lord, I'm just going to save up for it. I'll buy him one like it because this is mine. This is something that's mine, and it's precious to me. 
um, and it takes care of me and my family. But I need to do this, Pastor, and it's for you, and um, I want you to take care of it. And I'm, I just want to sow into you. No one freak out. Start running away. Nobody run. Nobody run. Um, but this is my Mossberg MC1C. It has a laser sight and everything. It has the best bullets in there. It's, it's, God wants me to sow it into you because the Lord said this is how I qualify for his supernatural. In the name of Jesus. Well, so. I, I agree with you for a harvest and a return on your seed sown in the name of Jesus. Thank we you. thank you for it, Lord. Amen. 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 I receive it. You know, um, I used to tell, when people would give me stuff, I used to tell them thank you. But you know, the, the Lord, he, he, he dealt with me about that. And he dealt with me through Dr. Leroy Thompson. And uh, I received that in the name of Jesus. Lord, I thank you. Stay here. I thank you, Lord, for a harvest and a return for just on this seed sown in the name of Jesus. I thank you for it, Father. Thank you, Lord, for increase. Thank you, Father, that you blessing her above and beyond in the name of Jesus. I thank you for it, Lord. Amen. Amen. Praise the Lord. Now, the Holy Spirit, you know, he, he be talking to people. And I don't understand. Listen, I don't understand why he does and says what he does and says. But I, I do know this. This is in line with what I, what I did. You know, you know what I used, to, I used to, to, to do is I used to discourage people from doing things of that nature. Because it's, to me, it's very hard to be the recipient of these things. But, and, and so I would, I would be like, you don't need to do that. I, or, you know, I would think along the, but you know what? The Lord had me do the exact same. I was, and I, you know what the Lord told me? He said, son, what makes you think they're going to do anything different than what? How, what makes you think I'm not going to ask them to do the same things I asked you to do? I was like, well, Lord, but I'm the recipient. He's like, suck it up, buttercup. You need to, you know, because some people think that preachers are like, oh, yeah, mm, give me your stuff. No, we, we, want, we want God to bless you. And it's, and, it's, and it's always our hope that you don't have to go through what we've been through to get there because we know that what God asked us to do made us sometimes want to throw up. But when we were obedient and did it, glory to God. That, that's the key. I used to say thank you. Dr. Leroy Thompson, um, he said this one time. He said, because I would tell people thank you. He said, you know, he said, I used to tell people thank you. And I heard him say that because I used to always feel strange when I'd say thank you. And uh, <clears throat> he'd say, uh, he said that the Lord spoke to him and said, he said, you're thanking them like uh, it's something for you. He said, what you need to do is you need to receive it because it's, they're, they're giving it to you, but it's really for me. So when you say receive it, he said, you're receiving it as my representative. If you say thank you, you're receiving it as yourself. So that's why I don't say thank you no more. I just say, I receive it in the name of Jesus. Because you know what? I'm just, I'm just representing. Amen. And as a representative, I'm receiving it for his glory and for his honor and believing for your increase in the name of Jesus. Amen. Thank God. Amen. Hallelujah. Are there any other questions? Anybody, anybody else got any questions? Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Yes, sir. Yeah, it's coming. 
It's Gabby. I try and follow the rules, so I don't speak before I have the microphone in my hand. Okay, so hopefully I can make sense of this because okay. um, I'm, I'm, I'm not confused um, and I'm not, I'm not opposed to any, obviously I'm not opposed to anything of, of supernatural increase whatsoever. Right. I, I want that for my life. However, um, I guess... So, so basically, as far as as far as my wife and I are concerned, you know, we've always been faithful tithers. Um, in fact, we we um, we don't just tithe. You know, any any, right. any extra, um, you know, we and we were obedient to um, the the Holy Spirit as as far as giving above and beyond, and we've sowed and and stuff like that. And I've never really, you know, in, in being obedient in that and listening to God and 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 hearing Him and what He wanted us to do in giving. I've never, I've never, I've just done it because I've, I've been obedient. Okay. I felt like that's what God wanted us to do. That's what God wanted us to give. Um, and I've always heard people like, you know, put, put, put a name on it, you know, name your, name your seed, name, name your seed, seed and all, yeah. all that stuff. And I'm, and I'm like, well, I don't want it to be about that though. You know what I'm saying? Like, I don't right. want it to, to, I don't want my focal point to be, I'm giving because I want something. That's not it. Right, and so I've done that so much, like avoided putting a name on my seed, or 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 coming to God with a with a need or a want. I hope this is making sense. It does make total sense. And, I, know, and, I know exactly where you're going. Okay, good, because you know, and I want to go deeper into the into the supernatural increase, and it's not just about material things. It's right, you know, it's it's spiritual, and I know we've gained so much spiritually. You said it on Sunday when you when you when you you know gave us that word, and and I'm glad that you know that was that was like you know, the evidence of our fruits, like, okay, well, you, you've known us from a long time ago and, and you see, you see us now. So, you know, we're, we're God's brought us. And, you know, I don't know if that's re relative. It's, it's, it's obedience, you know, yes. God bringing us to where we are now, but as far as, you know, supernatural increase and stuff like that, um, I, I just, I don't want to come to God and, and, and feel like I'm being selfish by, by asking for something. Um, in fact, I've purposely avoided, um, you know, going into debt, you know, I, I, I keep a, you know, almost 20 year old car because I want to do more for the kingdom. Right. I want to, you know, I'd rather take that however, you know, much you go into debt over a vehicle. I'd rather sow that into, into what God's doing. Right. Um, but then again, I'm not like, like I'm believing God's going to bring me a car if he wants to, that's great. But you know, I don't know if that's the right attitude to have or not, because there's so much conflict conflicting opinions about stuff like this. Right. You know, I've heard, oh, it's wrong to ask God for something like that. You know, you, you know, you're not entitled to anything. You're just being obedient. Or I've heard people say, well, if you're not naming your seed, then you're being, you're being, you're being uh, silly. You're being ignorant. You know, you're, you're, so that's um, kind of where I'm like, well, I'm just going to continue to be obedient and I'm going to seek God and, um, and, 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 and hope that he speaks to me about, about, you know, what to expect or, or any of that. But, um, I think now is the time to kind of maybe, maybe get a little, a little bit more clarity on that. Yes. We, you know, we, we, um, we will naturally be passive when it comes to those because, and it's, and it, and it really stems from a desire to be cautious about <clears throat> remaining, 
uh, right before God. You know, a, lot of, a lot of people that oppose what people call the prosperity gospel or the prosperity message or message on supernatural, most of the people that oppose the message, they only oppose the message for the fear that they have that it's causing people to get off into error. And, to get, and I'll be honest with you, there are people that get off into error. There are people that go and get, they, they uh, get in a wrong place in their mind or in their own hearts or, or whatever. And so there's definitely, that's why the Bible says that, uh, that's why the Bible gives warning to those who are rich in this world and tells them to be careful not to be lovers of money. So the, so the Bible does caution people. It doesn't caution, caution against wealth. It just cautions that when or if you have wealth, you have to be careful how you um, uh, you you have to you have to be careful how you steward that wealth and what's in your heart. And so your concerns are totally legitimate concerns. And um, the uh, the only the only thing that I would I would say about you know what what you know what Derek has shared is definitely. Every one of us need to have, if, we, if we've not had those, th that thinking, most of us, we've had that thinking and <clears throat> so that we can err on the side of caution, we've just decided, well, God, if you're going to, you know, if you're going to bring it, then I'm here. You know, you know where I live. You know my address. Um, you can get it to me. Um, I'm certainly open to it if that's what you desire to do, um, you know, things like that. Um, I, don't, I don't always think that that's the way that we need to go, but we've got to be careful that we don't get off, off over there and think, I'm going to name my seed. Naming your seed is not, number one, is not scriptural, which is why you may have some reservations about it, because it's not in the Bible. Uh, Jesse Duplantis, I think, mm -hmm. uh, uh, is a, a one, or was it Jesse Duplantis? I think it was Jesse Duplantis, or maybe... Uh, yeah, it was Jesse Duplantis. I think he had had a testimony, and uh, the Lord had told him to name his seed one time um, when someone had stolen something from him, and he preached a message about naming your seed. See, what we you have to understand that what I'm preaching to y'all and what I'm telling you all, these are guidelines. They're not rules. And God will lead you in a different way than he, than he led me. One time, Hilda got up uh, when we were in the old building, and she was like, Lord, I mean, she was really getting aggressive on supernatural increase, which we, we need to be more aggressive in our pursuit of the things of God. Uh, the, the things of the natural are going to naturally happen. Like, you're carnal. If you don't try to be spiritual, you're going to be carnal. If you don't make an effort to walk after the Spirit, you're not going to Because walking after the Spirit takes, an, takes effort. To be carnal, you, you'll be carnal. You, have a, you are born with a doctorate in carnality. You are an expert at being carnal. Well, that's the same way with the blessings of God. The blessings of God are not automatic. Uh, when you didn't just get born again because it was God's will for you to be born again and you were like, well, if he wants me to be saved, I'll be saved. No, there had to be, there had to be the preaching of the word. Then you had to make an intentional decision to give your heart to the Lord. Then you had to intentionally decide to live for him and continue to have to decide to live for him from that because living for God isn't 
something that comes without effort because of sin. So it takes being intentional and putting forth an effort. If you're going to receive salvation, you have to, uh, you have to take it. Uh, baptism in the Holy Ghost. It's God's desire for everyone to be baptized in the Holy Spirit. According to Scripture, that was the blueprint of the New Testament church. There is not a church in the New Testament that did not speak with tongues. Everybody in the book of Acts spoke in an unknown tongue. They were all baptized in the Holy Ghost. The, the church that is non-spirit-filled, non-tongue-talking didn't exist. That's something that came as a result of men putting their deal in there. Now, does God work with those? But yes, God, God will take and he'll work with what, what, what he's given. But he's not going to make people get baptized in the Holy even though that's his will. Is that right? So how do you get the baptism in the Holy Spirit? Well, you got to receive it. You have to intentionally uh, become aggressive in your pursuit of the fulfillment of that promise. And it's in that pursuit of the fulfillment of that promise that you receive. So when it comes to supernatural increase, it's not cars. Listen, it wasn't cars that I was after. It was, it was that, it wasn't a better neighborhood to live in. It wasn't better clothing to put on my body. It was walking into that place where I knew that he was the supplier of everything that I need, that whatever, if I delighted myself in him, he would give me the desires of my heart. It was, it was being in that because I knew like Derek, see, we could, we could live, honestly, Annie and I could live in some gated neighborhood somewhere in some, what some people consider to be a mansion on the money that we make. We, we, at one time, we did live in an area that was that way in Columbus. We found after living there, we didn't want to live there. So now we live where we want to live. And it's not in that kind of place. You know what that affords us? The ability to take some of the money. Now, I'm not saying that everyone ought to do this because I think had... Uh, oh, um, had we, if we chose to live in, in a place like that, the Lord would see to it that everything that we had need of or desire, whatever it would take to live there, he would supply it like he supplies everything else. He would do exceeding abundantly above all we could ask or think because that's how, that's how God does. Every time we step up to him, y'all don't know this. When we moved into this church, our payment toward building, toward a building, <laughs> it more than doubled. We were paying a third over on Western of what we're paying right now, and we didn't have to pay utilities. So we move here two-thirds higher, plus utilities, plus we got to pay for cleaning supplies, plus, 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 plus. Now, we've done everything in ministry we did over there, and then some while we've been here. Guess what? We still got the same amount in the bank right now that, that we had over there. What happened? What happened? Well, when you go to doing what God wants you to do, he sees to it that he supplies everything that you have needed according to his riches and glory. You, you say, how did it happen? I don't know. We, we don't have any more numbers of people. We have some different people. 
But it's not like we grew, we grew by two-thirds. Amen. So, um, but, but your concerns, Derek, what you're saying is right. And where you're at is you're in the, you're, you're in the mix. You're not, you're not standing off to the side wondering. I, I know you're in the mix because those are the things that you have to take inventory of in your life so that when you walk into God's blessing, you walk into it in a... Boy, I feel the anointing just talking to you. That you walk into it in the right way. So what you're, where you're at right now, you are exactly where you need to be. Those are the things that all of us need to take inventory of and then sort them out according to the words that we're hearing. So... How'd you receive baptism in the Holy Ghost? You had to be aggressive in your pursuit of that Holy Ghost. God's not just going to automatically baptize you in the Holy Ghost. So God's blessings are not automatic. Carnal, the carnal stuff is automatic. God's blessing, we have to take it. And we have to follow the leading of the Spirit and how He shows us to do that. So, you know, what God did with me. I'm, I'm, I'm giving you these examples so you kind of have an idea. What, what sometimes we are guilty of is we're guilty of trying to mimic what someone else did, thinking, well, that's the way pastor did it, so that's the way I'm going to do it. I, I was telling you, Hilda, over at the other building, she, uh, she was like, I'm believing God. She got real aggressive. She was, she was right, though. She wasn't, she wasn't doing nothing wrong. Um, she was like, God, because people, people, uh, there are times when people will clear out and start giving me stuff like y'all did tonight. There have been times, man, there have been times where the, it seemed like the whole church had something to sow. And people would just come and hand me money. And I'd have piles of money. I'd leave, I'd leave church with piles of money. I had preachers that would come preach for us. And they'd say, Lord told me to receive pastor and offering. You know, uh, old preachers used to do that because pastors, they didn't feel, they felt like if uh, they were going to get invited back, they had to get uh, that poor pastor an offering because pastors are usually neglected. Well, I had a guy come do that at our church over on, you know, here at, at Western. He's like, Lord told me to take pastor an offering. I would have invited him back whether he took an offering or not in fact when he said that I was I was in the back going don't do that you know why because I knew that y'all was about to give all your money to us and he was going to leave with nothing because I know y'all because y'all take care of us because y'all love us and y'all want to bless us and sure enough I think that night four, nearly $4,000 came in the offering for Annie and I and he was there for for two or three days, and his offering total for that two or three days was 300 bucks because y'all gave all your money to us. So, Andy, I, 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 took, I took some of the money out of the offering y'all gave us. I wasn't going to send him away with $300. So, I, I, I blessed him with an offering, sent him down the road. I told him, hey, man, don't do that. You, you, you about messed up your offering. <laughs> I mean, if the Lord really tells you to do that, but, you know, understand what, you know, what. So, but when Hilda, when Hilda saw how, you know, that would happen to us, she was like, Lord, people are going to come and hand me money. And she started saying that. And, you know, the Lord spoke to her. I, I, maybe it's a month later. I don't know. You'll have to ask Hilda. She may not remember. It was a, maybe a month later, two months after she started making that confession. And she came to me. She said, Pastor, I got a revelation. I said, what revelation did you get? She said, you know, I was asking the Lord to bless me like he blesses you. Have people come and hand me money. And I was wondering why it didn't happen. It just wasn't happening. Because sometimes we, we hear these testimonies, we're like, nobody brought us a pizza. You know? I've been, I've been tithing for years, and I never got none of that. That's what we start to think. And 
I said, well, what do you tell you, Hilda? She goes, I've been believing God for supernatural increase. And I was saying, Lord, give, let people put money in my hands like they put pa money in Pastor Ziggy's hands. And she was like, I was believing God. I was like, praise God. She's like, no, no, don't praise God yet, Pastor. She said, the Lord spoke to me and said, stop doing that. I kind of looked at her crooked. I'm like, tell me more. Because I didn't know what she was about to say. She said, the Lord spoke to me and she, he said this. He said, the same, the, the, you don't have that kind of grace on your life, what your pastor has on his life for that. I've put a grace on him for that to happen for a reason, for a purpose. There's a reason why that happens with him. And he says, and that's not what I have for you. So don't look for it to come that way. You know what? She, she praised God. She began to shout. We, I shouted with her. We danced around. I was like, what a great revelation. You know, I might be telling something. I might be stealing her thunder. But I got a text from Hilda that said that they paid nearly $20,000 worth of debt off last week. <laughs> Glory to God. Boy, she was shouting. She was praising. Are y'all hearing me today? Listen, we, we, we've got, now when they, when they came, they didn't have a revelation concerning this. But there isn't a, you'll work it out. You know, I'm, I'm going to tell you all something. Don't, don't be afraid. Most of you, you have things to work out in your heart and in your minds, but you'll work it out. Don't be afraid that you'll get caught up in something wrong. You have too much of Jesus in your heart. As long, listen, here's the important things that you have to, you have to do. You have to praise God with all of your heart. You have to live for him with everything that's within you. No matter what the situation of your life is, you have to be determined that you're going to love him, you're going to serve him, you're going to put him first, no matter what. If you'll do that, there's nothing that can knock you off track. Amen. I mean, billions of dollars could come into your hands and you'll still be, you'll still be caroling. Your glasses might be a little more flashy then, you know, you might, you know, you know what I'm saying? You might have, you know, some designer something or other. You, you know, you might be rolling in a different car. We was pulling out of Home Depot and a, um, a Rolls Royce SUV was pulling in. Oh, yeah. I was like, is that Ted? <laughs> I said, I did. I said, is that Ted? <laughs> Yeah, listen, I, I, I wouldn't be surprised to see them pull out of there with something, hauling something on the back of that. Thing. It, was, it wasn't. It was a, man, the windows were all blacked out. <laughs> but you know what? That's not, but that's not what it's about. That's not, now, that might be something that the Lord uses to break you out of a poverty mindset. Maybe even to break you from, you know, when I got, when I got a fancy car, you know what I found out? The car don't make you who you are. Because I got in that car and I thought I'd feel different. I thought it would be more empowering. You know what? I found out I'm still brown skinned. I got out of that car in Bricktown with my family. And a bunch of people walked by and said, did you see the car that those Mexicans just got out of? Thank God my mother didn't hear it. Boy, she'd be in jail still. <laughs> Jesus is, he, he, amen. So, but, but these things, how many of y'all, let me ask y'all a question. How many of y'all, what Derek expressed, what he said, 
stuff that goes on in you too. Every one of you. See, everyone, everybody. And you get me too. Because we have to take inventory of our, of our thought life, of, of what we're going to do. God, he wants to bless us in order to be a blessing. And here's, here's what you'll learn. You'll learn that if God leads you to that place of blessing you, probably what I learned more than anything is God has enough to take care of us, to, to make us incredibly wealthy and still take care of the poor, the needy, uh, the, the sick, the ministry. Everything can happen. All of it can happen. We just have to be determined that we're going to walk according to his will. You know, some of us, some of us will walk in the million flow. Some of y'all aren't going to be in the million flow. You're just not going to, that's not where you need to be. It's not where you need to go. You'll have everything you have need of. Listen, you'll, you'll, you'll never go without. You'll lack nothing. In this life, you'll lack nothing. Will you ever get in the million flow? Well, is it, is it really necessary to get in the million flow if you lack nothing? If you go through life and you never have to, you pull up to the gas pump, you put gas in, you, 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 you hold the deal till it clicks. You don't, have to, you don't have to finagle with it and try to get you know, it down to the penny. You just hold it until it clicks and then you top it off a little bit. You don't even look at it. You grab your receipt, stick it in your purse. Don't even consider what it was because you're not worried about it. You get down the road. Your house is messy. Instead of, you know, you're like, oh, man, I, I, need, I just need someone to clean my house. You just call Sheree. Sheree, come clean the house. You don't even ask how much. You just, it just needs to be cleaned. Can you come clean it? And then Sheree be like, well, it depends. Is this a one time? Is this a twice a week? I mean, what kind of plan are we getting you on here? <laughs> That's, you know, <laughs> Sheree may not give out a Christian discount. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But uh you know that 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 supernatural increase it's different it, it different people will operate in different measures of it. Now listen, if you want to get over there in the million flow, Lord put me in the million flow. Now I believe God called me to the million flow. And I'm a high school dropout. Already, I'm an enig. You know, people look at me. They're like, oh, you know, they hear high school dropout, been in the ministry all my life. They hear airplane. They're like, oh, he's one of them. But you know what? We're we're we've trusted God all this time, and, and the Lord is. I'm I'm gonna be honest with you, man. God has blessed the stink out of us. Oh yeah. Amen. He ha it hadn't been nothing but the Lord. Right. Nothing but the Lord. So you've got to hear from God. You've got to follow the leading of the Spirit. And these principles that we're teaching and the examples that are given, they're just that. They're example. They're not rules to follow. So Jesse Duplantis, that time he preached that message, Name Your Seed, he was preaching it and people took it like, well, yeah, that's a, that's a principle. That's a rule. It's not really a principle. That's what God told you. You know, if God, if God tells you, if, if, if one day you're praying, Derek, and the Lord says, I want you to name that seed. I want, I want you to sell $500 and I want you to call it your car's paid off. Brand new car. 2024, brand new car. Paid for in your driveway. That $500, that's what I'm going to give you. Like, like I did with that girl. I slapped that $100 bill in her hand and said, supernatural debt cancel. I only said that because that's what God said. I didn't even know what was going to come. Amen. I was obedient. 
See, when you're, when you're in that place and you're pressing into the Lord and you're, and, you're, and you're reminding God of his word, reminding yourself of God's word. Lord, I know you want me to live in a place of abundance. You want me to be blessed to be a blessing. God, I, I know I, I'm, I don't really need it. But Lord, that's, that's the place you've created for me. So I'm pressing in. God, I'm calling it. I'm calling every seed. I've sowed seed. You know what? A farmer doesn't sow seed and not expect a harvest. So Lord, I don't want to be, I don't want to be one of those ones. Sow seeds and then acts like nothing's coming. Heck, you can, you can spit, you can spit watermelon seeds into your flower bed and you're going to get watermelon. Even if you sow them there on accident, it's coming up because that's what seed does. It grows. And so, Lord, I'm sowing these seeds, and I'm not going to let them waste. Lord, I'm calling all of it in in the name of Jesus. And then you know what? Once he puts it in your hands, you can be obedient, do whatever he tells you to do with it. Amen. Amen. The beauty of it is if you want a car, you get a car. If you want a house, you get a house. If the, you know, if he says, if you say, Lord, I want a house. Lord, you reckon I can have a house? He's like, you don't even just have to. You don't get to, get to have just one. You, you can have two if you want. Amen. The Lord, he, he'll lead you. But you got you to get on that road. So I would, I, for Derek and for others, I would encourage you to uh, become more aggressive in your pursuit of, of the Lord in that area. Not because of a desire to, you know, um, it's, we're not being ungrateful. Our desire is for his word to be fulfilled in us so that we can achieve the things that he wants us to achieve. Honestly, if you, if you don't want any of the, what, what the Lord increases you with, there's an envelope in the seat behind you or in front of you. Just stick it in there. We will use it. Man, that, that a golden corral is still available. We can, we'll take it or that church that we've been walking around down the road. Probably preferably more the church, but <laughs> we'll take the golden corral too. We'll just take both of them. Put children's church across the street there. And, uh, <laughs> uh, any other questions? Any more questions? Did I, did I, did I do good answer your question? Man, Spirit of God showed up too. I was answering your question. That's nice. Yes. You know, he'll 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 tell me the stuff he's already done and reveal that to me, and then I can be thankful for that. Amen. And then maybe that'll help me. And it will. Expectations, I guess. Yes, and he will. You know, I wouldn't sweat it. God, as long as you're as long as you're in a, in pursuit of him and 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 you're aggressive about it, be aggressive. You know, and though at times, not now, not every moment of the day, but at times, purpose. To, uh, it's like when you go out and you take a, if you're going to run a 5K, you have to get, a, there has to be a certain amount of aggression. You know, you have to work yourself up to do that. And it's good to do that, you know, when you work out or at anything that we're going to be successful at. So when it comes to supernatural increase, if you're going to have success at receiving that part of the blessing of God, you have to intentionally take time to be in pursuit of God for that specifically, for healing, for deliverance, for anointing, uh, for direction, whatever it is. Just take that time and spend that time. Lord, your word says this, and God, I have an understanding of this, and Lord, I know that this is what you desire for me. And God, you know I'm certainly, I'm, 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 I'm perfectly content, and, the, and that's scriptural. You ought to be content with where you're at. But contentment with where you're at in the moment doesn't mean you're not looking for God to take you and promote you and take you higher and take you farther. You're content with where you're at, but Lord, your word says there's more, and because your word says there's more, that's my desire is for more. You know, Brian Turner, the guy testified about 
was last week that I told you all about Brian Turner, the millionaire, the guy in, in uh, Texas? <clears throat> he told me, he said, uh, I don't need it. I don't need another dime. He said, all this money that... He said, 28 million, 48 million, you know, 100 million. He said, it's some, he said, he said, right now it's at the point we got more money than we can spend. What are we going to do with all of it? He said, with these 60 employees, if I can get them born again, if I can get them filled with the Holy Ghost. See, money, money will let you do that. Man, work, call you up and say, hey, we need you to put in some overtime. Well, we're in revival. Um, I, I, I put in, because we're in revival, I put in to take off for revival. Well, you, revival or not, you know, everybody, everybody has to come. Well, sorry, man, I, I guess I'm putting in my notice. You can't leave here. Dude, I'm leaving, but I, I own a quarter, of the st- a quarter of the stock of the company. I mean, it's not like I'm, you really working for me. I'm just, I'm just there to occupy some time, you know, uh, develop some gifts. But, bro, I'm out. I don't need this job. I got plenty of money. <laughs> Man, God sent you to Africa. Listen, most people ain't going to Africa because they, they don't have the money to go to Africa. Dr. Bally come up in here and say, I'm going to the Holy Land. Most people didn't go to the Holy Land because it costs a lot of money to go to the Holy Land. You start getting some money and start controlling your life. Pff, he won't have so many people going to the Holy Land, he won't need three buses. <laughs> Amen. Amen. Praise God. Any other questions before we wrap this up? Different environment, uh, different environments. Would that also include, uh, like, dealing, like, getting to talk to or getting exposed to, like, other people, like millionaires or people on a higher income level of influence? And how... How are you prepared to get in the presence of these people? You know, because, you know, it's different talking to low-level people. I mean, regular people. Okay, that just sounded wrong. <laughs> that's not what I'm trying to say. Yeah. Well, low, low life is a mentality. Right. And I mean, low, I, low life not being you're a low life, but low life being the low, you're living in the low, low right. part of life. And God wants you up in the higher. Right. And you're life. trying to make that transition. But like for the first time in my life, I just feel very intimidated. I feel very intimidated. Um, first of all, I can't be saying things like that. <laughs> I mean, you know, I'm just very, I'm, I'm feeling very self-conscious. That insecurity. But um, it was one Sunday you were gone. And I know, I feel, I know the Lord spoke to my heart. Like everywhere I'm sending you is where you're supposed to be. And it's just kind of intimidating. It's very intimidating. I don't really know what to talk about. <laughs> I, I can talk, but I don't want, I want to talk about the right thing. I want to pick their brain and, and, and not being carnal. Like I want to know what they know. I need to know what they know and how to be, when you're in that space, you know, time is important. Developing the skill to draw out information from people that you need is important. And the way that you do that best is by listening. 
most people talk way too much. Most people need to spend a, a block of a good portion of their life being quiet. Um, I know you think I would talk all the time. When I'm not up here, I'm not talking a lot. Uh, when I get around people, sometimes I'm not talking at all. It just depends on, you know, who I'm with. If I'm with someone who's trying to glean something from me, um, I will try to give them information that is helpful to them that will help them get down the road and be everything God wants them to be. If, uh, if I'm in a place trying to glean something, you're not going to get nothing out of me. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to be listening and reading the room, uh, trying to determine what it's going to take to get the information that I'm looking for, um, trying to determine there. <clears throat> Let me say this to y'all. I'm going to move this because this is real serious. You have to be okay with the fact that there is, a, there is an order. No matter where you're at, no matter what group of people you find yourself in, there is someone in there in that room that is the top dog and there is a pecking order. There is a, there is an order in that room. There is a, we don't like to think that way. We like to think that everybody is on a equal playing field. That is not real life. That is not, and you have to learn how to figure out where you're at. You know, sometimes I walk in a room many times in the environment that I go into and I am the highest person of order in that room because people are looking to glean something from the anointing or from the gift or from the ministry that God has given me. At other times, if I'm around somebody else, I have to be okay with someone else being the top order in that room. And then I have to determine, you know, what is my relationship with this individual? Bishop Tony Miller down the road, um, uh, he pastored the gate. He's going to be with Jesus. Bishop Miller, um, when I first met Bishop Miller, uh, we met at a, when we hosted Todd White, when we were hosting Todd White. He was a part of the group of pastors that brought Todd White to Oklahoma City the first time Todd White came to Oklahoma City. And uh, it was me, Bishop Miller, and several other pastors that were in the room. Well, Bishop Miller, in that group, Bishop Miller was the man. Now, here's, here's the thing that people don't like. They don't like for someone to be the man. Ah, who do they think they are? Well, they're the man. Whatever, whatever's going to happen in this room is probably going to be dictated by this individual because of the either the measure of anointing, the measure of authority, uh, the the measure of influence. You should you listen. You should never try to you should never try to school someone who has more influence than you have. You should never try to correct someone or rebuke someone that has more influence. I don't care if you're right and they're wrong. You need to learn when to keep your mouth shut. Because there is an order. There's an order. And there's a time when you shouldn't say anything. It's never... If you're trying to occupy, you know, just involve yourself in the conversation. Sometimes you don't need to be involved in the conversation. Sometimes you need to stay out of the conversation. And you need to be a fly on a wall until you can read that and figure that out. So Bishop Miller, you know what? I went up in there. Before, before Bishop Miller walked in, I was the highest order in the room. When Bishop Miller walked in, he was the highest order in the room. I didn't even know the man, but I recognized enough about him to know that he's the man. Oh, yeah. And so when he rolled in, I was like, what do you think, Bishop? 
Well, there was another guy. He didn't read the room very good. He's got a great church. He's a great pastor. But he was filling the air with words, and, and he was talking. And, and, um, and so uh, in an attempt to uh, help him and maybe everybody else that was in the room, I asked him a, a, a question that, that really required, um, that, that, requ <laughs> that required some real thought. And I mean, he wrote a book on it, so. Um, <laughs> and I wasn't trying to challenge him on that. It wasn't my intention. It was a legitimate question that I had that I wanted answered. And I knew Bishop would hear this question. And I was interested in what Bishop had to say. Not so much him, this guy, but so I asked him the question about his this guy about his book, had to do had to do with um, it had to do with uh, treasure hunting, and going out and ministering to people, and different you know uh, on the streets by laying hands on people and and I said what about what about introducing those people to to the Lord what about preaching the gospel, I said because I found that that's not something that has been expressed now it may have changed. I don't know. Have you heard any of that teaching recently? Yeah, from anyone? A little bit. Uh, back, back then, they were not encouraging people to really share the gospel with people. They just wanted you to share whatever, you know, um, some power encounter or whatever. And um, I had a little bit of trouble with that because without the gospel being preached, someone can't be saved. And the whole purpose of demonstration is to demonstrate the gospel that was preached. And so what was happening is, is that people would go out in the streets and they'd lead people, uh, they'd lay hands on people and people would be healed. And the people that were being healed didn't have a life change. They had an experience. Well, you know what? Losing your virginity is an experience. Getting high is an experience. Getting drunk is an experience. And some people were seeing getting healed along that same line. It was just another notch. It was just something else that happened. There was no life. But see, when I was young, when I was, when Melody was young, when, when Ted was young, when Annie was younger, when we went to school, the, the, the Gideons would come and give us a New Testament in school. We'd walk out of this, we'd walk out of school with a little Bible. And so even though we didn't understand what was being presented to us, the gospel was presented to us. There's a generation that if you just lay hands on them and get them healed, they've never heard the gospel. And so that seed of healing won't produce a life change because there's nothing there in the form of the gospel preached to bring about a life change. Yeah. And so um, I told the guy, I said, what about the preaching of the, I mean, isn't it about life's, lives being changed? I mean, what are, what are your thoughts? I said, I'm not, I'm not challenging you, what you're, this is just the question that I have because I see so many people that are going out and in these power and love meetings and whatever, people are, people are laying hands on people and people are having encounters, but, and they're supernatural encounters, but they're not having a life change. They're not being uh, introduced to Jesus to the point where they're saved and they're transformed, their lives are transformed, where they they become a part of the family of God. I said, and I'm I'm want to talk talk to me about that. That was a that was a complicated thing. So, um, and at that time, now I'm not saying that this is the way it is now because I don't know. Don't don't I know that Melody and Seth? I think you guys just came back from another power and love thing. So 
I don't, things may have changed a lot in all of that, but that was the one thing that I had concerns about because I thought, it, I thought not that I thought that what they were doing was wrong. I think everything they're doing is great. Um, thank God, that was clear back, yeah, it's clear back in 2012. Um, and, uh, but I knew that that was one thing I thought that was really hindering us from being, be, getting where God wanted us to go was that not, that gospel not being presented. And, uh, and so Bishop Miller did have something to say about that. He looked at me and he said, you speak my language. We need to talk. And from then on, we developed a relationship. Now, he passed away before I could determine the nature of that relationship. I didn't know whether I was to be a, uh, a partner with him, a, a son to him, uh, if I was to be a prophet to him. I didn't know the nature of our relationship. One time I, got, I saw a vision for him. I thought, well, you know, am I to tell him, Lord? Do you want me to? Lord said, text it to him. I texted it to him. Of course, he sent back a text. We need to talk. You, you're, 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 you're reading my mail. But we, he passed away before we could ever determine the nature of that relationship. You know how long I had fellowship with Bishop Miller? Seven years. Eight years trying to determine the relationship that I had with Bishop Miller. Most of the time I was around Bishop Miller, I didn't say a word. I just listened to what he had to say. Once I, I said something and uh, I didn't get a chance to finish what I said and I regretted saying it. So I was better just gleaning and hearing and trying to determine. So anyway, um, the Lord will lead you and he'll help you. I, and, he, and he says, I go way, way too long on answering these questions. Um, <laughs> She's like, I was to say she, she, yeah, she's like, just answer the question, Dad. You're going too long. You just get into all these things. But I want to answer it thoroughly because I want people to really understand. That'll be the last question. But that, Carolyn, that's how you, you go about doing that. It just, uh, it, it can be appropriate sometimes to ask questions. You know, um, hey, tell me, tell me about, you know, where did you, where did, where did, where did you start? Usually these are things that you know, though, about people. Where did you get your start? I'm interested in knowing. Um, sometimes it's good to not know the people that are around you so that you don't feel insecure. Uh, I sat at a table with a guy that pastored a church of 15,000 people. And I mean, here we were, Winter's Church, 80 people. And I was sitting at a, church, at a, a table with a guy, 15,000 people. And when they elected who was going to be in charge of our table and who was going to be the one who presented what we came up with in this leadership meeting, they chose me but I didn't know the guy next to me was a pastor of 15,000 people. You know what? He was quiet. He wanted to hear what I had to say. Do you know why he wanted to hear what I had to say? Because we were going to places and staying there for 30 weeks and having revival. He pastored 15,000 people and we were having revival and he wanted to figure that out. When I found out he had 15,000 people, I wanted to listen to what he had to say about having people. <laughs> so anyhow, all right. Did this, was this helpful to anybody? Yeah. Praise the Lord. Boy, I tell you, thank God. Well, Lord, we thank you for your goodness. Thank you, Lord, for all that you've said and done here today. Father, I thank you for your people, for their graciousness, for their willingness to hear, to learn, to receive. God, I, I pray that uh, we'll continue here.
and uh, gleaning from you and from the anointing of your spirit. Uh, Lord, I thank you that there is a release of increase that's coming to your people in the name of Jesus. That, Lord, their obedience to you is leading them to higher places in every area of their lives, Lord. They're increasing in faith, wisdom, understanding. They're increasing in the anointing. They're increasing, God, in every way. Financially, physically, spiritually, every way. I thank you, Father, that you are blessing your people way, way over and above all they could ask or think. In Jesus' name, Lord. Uh, continue to lead us as we go from here today, Father. We'll give you all the glory in Jesus' name. Everybody that believed it said amen. 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 amen.